So welcome to another episode of The Shredder Show. Uh, today we have got an insane topic we're going to go through to you with you, which is going to be why you have to eat more calories to lose fat, which is probably the polar opposite of what most people think. So myself and Jeremy, head coach, CJ coaching, we're going to talk you through the exact process of why you actually need to eat to fuel your metabolism and why this will make a sustainable process for you to lose body fat. And we're going to take you through the tips and tricks and explain why this works during this podcast episode. But before we begin, two small asks. One, that you make sure you subscribe to the podcast and you leave us a five-star review. Secondly, you leave this, uh, share this podcast with a friend, particularly this episode, because there's going to be a lot of value in there for myself and Jeremy to try and help you and other people on their weight loss journeys and fat loss journeys. So firstly, thank you very much, Jeremy, for jumping on. Always a pleasure, mate. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while, so it's good. I'm glad to be back on. Yeah, 100%, and it's long overdue. So um, getting into it, I think one of the first questions we sometimes get from clients when they, they join us, and I'd actually probably say mainly more female clients than to say this, is like when they get their nutrition, like, holy shit, that's a lot of food. Like, I can't eat that. I'm not going to lose weight. And I think there's a, a massive stigma and paranoia that people have that they think that by eating, they'll end up gaining weight, when in reality is the total opposite. And I think that's what people need to understand, the difference between food volume versus calories would you agree a hundred percent i think it's just that we live in a day and age now where everybody can put whatever information they want out there and for better and for worse there's been a lot more in the media these days like the general media newspapers uh, news websites about health and fitness and losing weight and the first thing that they ask people to do and they say that you should do is massively reduce the amount of food you're intaking which in and of itself isn't incorrect because obviously that will create a calorie deficit from where you are currently but the problem is is most people eat such calorie dense food that there's not that much food volume there's not enough protein there's not the right amount of carbs there's not the right amount of fats so yes it will make you lose weight but then people don't realize that there's a difference between weight loss and fat loss and, and actually, it brings us onto an interesting subject. So the ketogenic diet is like a plague amongst people trying to lose body fat. And I think the big reason that people think it works is the fact they're losing body weight, but they're not losing body fat. Now, the reason you lose body weight very quickly from a ketogenic diet is like threefold. Firstly, you're depleting your muscle cells of glycogen because you're not eating carbohydrates, which will make you lighter. Secondly, you're getting rid of um, carbohydrates. So you're going to have less food in your stomach, so you're going to be lighter. And then thirdly, you're just losing weight because you're eliminating an entire macronutrient group, which is going to mean your calories are going to reduce, which means you're going to lose weight. Or like, but the reality is for you to, and also lose water weight because you've got the carbs in you. So the thing that actually is driving you to actually lose any weight would be the calorie deficit, not the fact that you're minimizing carbs. So it makes no sense at all for anyone to do that. And I think that's um, a current, common paradigm and thing we smash in terms of people thinking that carbs will elude them to becoming um, to gaining weight. When in reality, that couldn't be further from the truth. Jeremy's uh, dog Bear is obviously a keen fucking keto hater as well, so it's fine. Um, yeah, so you'd literally achieve the exact same result if you got rid of protein or if you got rid of carbohydrates. But neither one of those is going to be efficient. And especially in this day and age. So I've, I've tried, and I'm not even going to call it keto because I don't think I ever went into ketosis. I tried the high fat approach. Yes, it worked, but as a sustainable long-term approach like it's impossible to adhere to because carbs are everywhere and carbs are probably the nicest types of food but more importantly which again takes us back to 
what we wanted to talk about here, which is the food volume. Because fats contain nine per gram and carbs only contain four calories per gram, you can have a higher volume of carbohydrates for the same amount of calories as you do from having fats. So when you're on a diet and you're trying to lose fat, the thing that's going to keep you satisfied and adherent for longer is like the volume of food that you have. So surely it makes more sense to have the carbs instead of the fats. Yeah, I agree completely. And um, I think the most important one thing we're a big advocate of is like if something's not sustainable, it's going to be attainable long term. And the thing is, I say to anyone listening to this is, are you never going to eat carbohydrate again? Do you like carbohydrates? If you do, then reality is a ketogenic diet is probably going to be the, the least likely approach of what's actually going to work for you. And I think one of the big things we're talking about in terms of like food volume versus calories is understanding the difference. I'm actually going to share a screen of this on anyone watches the video back of this. This is actually a presentation that Jeremy made for our clients. So if anyone's listening to the audio version of this, it's basically showing, I think they're like burritos, aren't they? Yeah, it's from a, a fast food chain in the UK called Tortilla, which does very, very nice Mexican food. So basically, the example we're talking about here is we've got like burritos, which are like roughly around a thousand calories, but very small food volume versus four meals of like chicken rice and some nice like fajita peppers, veggie looks like. An excellent example in terms of how you can double the food volume. So you technically you think you're eating more, yet it equates to the same calories. And this is often what happens with clients when they come to work with us, that they think that um, because they're eating more, it's more calories. And then we have to remember that some foods are much more calorie dense than others which is why when people say to me, like, I can't gain weight, I was like, okay, I, I, I disagree with you with that. Let, let's do this. Like anyone who can't gain weight, get a jar of peanut butter, get a tablespoon and eat two, two tablespoons about every hour whilst you're awake. Like you will gain weight. <laughs> like it's, it, it would work because it, it'd be like, that's what, I don't know, 300 calories every hour. So that's what you awake for 10 hours. There's 3000 calories. Like, and it wouldn't be that difficult. Uh, you probably hate mm. peanut butter after a day, but like you could do it with other food things you'd like. But uh, just as a, a sarcastic uh, answer to that, but I think that's something that people need to be aware of. Hundred percent. And then this is this is why we were talking about this before before the podcast started. But people view restriction when they're following meal plans as a bad thing because they can't have stuff like the burrito. But you need to start viewing it as a good thing. Because if you're restricting yourself from having stuff like the burrito that is one meal, and that was the medium burrito, by the way, that wasn't even the large one that you could get, it's just a medium yeah, one. And that's all, that's all not, not going to lie, we're all going to get the large one. Oh, 100%, 100%. And uh, if anything, you're going to get the medium one as a side. Um, <laughs> but that's by the by. Um, so what people need to start viewing it as is you need to restrict the bad stuff where you can only have one meal of something because it contains a thousand calories and go for the restrictive options, which allows you to eat four meals to the one. Like as Charlie said, um, as you said, Charlie, like you need to have a sustainable approach because that's what's going to get you the results. If you can't stick to the plan long-term and you're constantly, constantly hungry because you don't have enough food, you're going to snack, you're going to have extra calories. So that, I think that's, that's the point, right? Is that both those examples, thousand calories with the burrito, thousand calories with the four meals of chicken and rice. If you just have the burrito during the day, you're going to be starving for the rest of the day. Whereas with those four chicken and rice meals, which equate to the same amount of calories, you can split those up to have one mid morning, one for lunch, one mid afternoon, one for dinner. 
and you're not going to have any hunger issues necessarily because you're eating so frequently and eating proper meals and you're not going to be as tempted to snack. Whereas if you're having the super calorie dense foods that only equate to like one or two meals, you're going to be so tempted to snack in between those meals because you're not getting enough food volume in. 100%. And what do you think are some foods that people tend to overindulge in and they don't realize maybe how calorie dense they are, Jeremy? Uh, probably nuts. Like you use the example of peanut butter uh, the other day, uh, the other day earlier in this podcast, but nuts is another one. Like people think, oh, if I just have like a few nuts here and there, like it's not going to do very much because like a handful of nuts, it's like what, five or six nuts? Like in terms of food volume, it doesn't look very much, but it's something that's like super calorific. Um, the other thing that people tend to whack on and don't really measure is um, oils, cooking oils. So like, oh, when I was cooking my vegetables, I was just adding like a tablespoon of olive oil. Is that okay? And you're like, well, in and of itself, olive oil is really good for you, but it's going to add at least an extra 120 calories to your meal. And if you do that for every time you cook the vegetable, you can whack up to an extra like 400 calories in a day, super, super easily. And people just don't, don't think about stuff like that. And I think that's where all these small things add up. And I think that's one of the things we say to clients, for example, when it comes to nutrition programs, that you can have as much green veg as you want. But then we remind people that things like avocado isn't doesn't count because avocado is very high in calories, and that's like, and that's a really good example actually in terms of um, people think something like an avocado or toast is super healthy and really good for you. Like hypothetically, yes, it's very healthy for you, but it's also very calorie dense and has zero protein. So it's actually a terrible meal for a body composition because it's high fat, and high carb. Where we really want to try and avoid that combination of high fat, high carb, in particular when there's not really any protein, which it would be in that respect. Um, which I think is something common we very, very much see. Uh, I think one of the things as well as people having an understanding in terms of the amount of calories they need in terms of losing body fat. So again, referring back to presentation Jeremy made on Sunday, talking about how you want to lose a pound of fat a week. The way you do that is by creating calorie deficit of 500 calories. And that the way we would generally look to do that is a combination of both of exercising and moving around more and also from nutrition by reducing your calorie intake slightly. Now, notice in reducing calorie intake, not food volume, because food volume and calories aren't necessarily the same thing. So, for example, with my, I talk about my own personal experience, what I do when I go into more of a fat loss phase, I will eat a lot more porridge oats because, hey, I really like them, but also it's a lot more filling and then it keeps me full for longer. Whereas when I'm uh, eating more food or maybe trying to gain muscle mass, I'll swap that carbohydrate for something like cream of rice or ground rice because it's much easier to digest i can get more of it in and it's not so filling so that's one aspect of what you want to look at but when it comes to fat loss the real rule of thumb is thinking about it is from a consistent point of view and understanding that food volume and calories aren't necessarily the same thing because different foods will have different calorie uh, amounts and as i said jeremy's really identified really well in terms of one of the big red flags now this is what i see a lot with people who eat a lot of salads and stuff like that is they don't realize that they're pouring olive oil all over everything. You could be adding two, 300 calories to that salad. Like, I don't know how much, I think in a Burger King burger, I think it's like 500 calories in that. Like, to give yeah. some context, like, um, and it gives some people some perspective and aspect. Didn't you give us an example one time? Did, did Cheesecake Factory do salads? Yeah, yeah. So I actually, I actually thought about bringing this up because I, I think I talked about Cheesecake Factory. I've already talked about it with someone today. And I talked about something like this. <laughs> and it, brand 
a tangent. Uh, I met with a friend of mine from Canada last night, and he said how the Burj Al Arab inside is anyone who's been to Dubai is like a seven star hotel. It's modelled on the Cheesecake Factory in terms of interior because it's actually very insane. I never realised it was quite funny. There you go. Random, random tangent. <laughs> but um, the reality is, in terms of Cheesecake Factory, if you go in there, unless unless you go for like this is a hack for anyone. I went on Sunday did this. They have a skinny licious menu, which is actually banging. All the, the calorie, all the calories in that meal are around like 500 calories. So that's a hack for anyone who likes eating out and likes Cheesecake Factory. Um, but the, the, on the normal menu, the salads are like 1600, 1700. Like I really like, I think it's like the chicken, bacon, barbecue one or whatever it is. But things like monstrous, but it's like 17, 1800 calories for a bloody salad. And you're like, mm. I, think this, I think the sirloin steak is like 1200. So you're like, people go like, oh, I'll have a salad, I'll be really healthy. But they don't understand the fact that the calorie content is so high. And this is what I think is interesting now with um, the calories being on menus more in the UK is really, really good. And anyone who disagrees with that, I think needs to really understand that, that the first like, route of fixing problems is giving some people information to realize like, holy shit, that salad has got 1700 calories on it. Whereas most people have absolutely no idea. 100%. I'd rather have the slice of cheesecake. And you'd get the, probably the same calories. You might even get slightly less, depending this, on which one you pick. So this is, the, so this is, this is I'm talking about food tactics here for anyone who likes eating out. This is what you would do. So if you want to go to a cheesecake factory, and say you were going to have, so that salad's like 1,800 calories, I think the, the barbecue ranch, whatever one it is. So as I said, the, the skinny delicious thing is like 500, so that's 500 calories. You could then get a cheesecake. Some of them are only like 1,300 calories, and that's the same calories. So you get cheesecake <laughs> and you get a main instead of a salad and that's what you call about like understanding energy balance and calories and how it really works because you then almost you get you're literally getting your cake and you're eating you get a main course and you're getting a dessert for the same calories as a bloody salad and that's why food information is so important people understand that like just because something is healthy doesn't mean it's really high in calories and won't make you gain weight and also because something necessarily is unhealthy that that won't make you like will make you gain weight because you can have some unhealthy things within your diet, like the whole 80-20 thing to some degree, but it just has to be factored into your overall calorie intake in regards to energy balance, which is the main thing that's going to drive weight gain or weight loss. 100%. And uh, one of the other food examples that I thought about when we started talking about like people not realizing that stuff is actually contains like loads of extra calories is pulses, because pulses, people very much see those as in like the vegetable sector. Um, but what they don't realize is that they also contain a load of carbs and they're actually a lot higher in calories compared to like a green veg or a carrot or cauliflower or something like that, that is actually really, really low in calories because it's mostly just fiber and not much else in terms of macros. Um, and I had a client the other day who was saying, oh, I've been having with my chicken, you say green veg and and I've also been having like 100 grams of quinoa. He was like, is that okay? I'm like, well, look, quinoa is great and we can add it into the plan if you want, but not for that specific meal without changing something else in the diet because that's going to give you a load of extra carbs that you wouldn't have had previously. Yeah, and I think that's vital for people to really understand the importance of how like, things are healthy, but because something's healthy doesn't mean you can eat as much as you like of it. Another great example would be something like salad, uh, not salad, sorry, yeah, salmon. Salmon is phenomenal in terms of like overall health, digestion. That is probably like one of the number one superfoods I probably don't eat enough of. And 
Um, what I would suggest that people need to understand is that yes, salmon is very healthy. However, I went for dinner somewhere else the other week and the salmon was like the size of the table I'm sitting on. And I was like, okay, that's, that, that's going to be like a thousand calories. I was like, I'm still going to eat it, but um, because I knew I could sort of wrangle it in and I was behind on food anyway. But it's understanding that all calories count, all calories add up, and it's just simple math. And it's really as simple as that. Um, and I think if we talk about something helpful for everyone listening to this in terms of uh, understanding how calories work. So we've got macronutrient groups, we've got protein, carbs, fats, and alcohol. Now, alcohol is not obviously like a nutrient, but we're going to count that in there anyway. And obviously, not going to help you. But protein and carbs are both four calories per gram, fat is nine calories per gram. But alcohol is also seven calories per gram, but has zero nutritional value. It's not going to help you at all. It's basically toxic. Um, but when you start to understand how these things stack up, you suddenly realize, like, oh, okay, so healthy fats are nine calories. Carbs are four. So therefore, I can have twice as many carbohydrates as I can fats in the same amount of calories. That's interesting. Also, I wonder which one is more voluminous and is going to be more filling, the carbohydrates. It's like if you look at 10 grams of fat from... I don't know, uh, nuts or olive oil versus 10 grams of fat from rice, like side, size difference in terms of food volume is going to be enormous. And I think that's something a lot of people often don't think about. Would you agree, Jeremy? Oh, hundred percent. And uh, I'll give you a good example of that. So probably my favorite carb source at the moment is sweet potato because they're super low in calories and they're relatively low in carbs as well for the food volume that you get. So what I've been doing is I've been getting my sweet potatoes, usually about 300 grams of, I've been cutting it up into like the shape of chips and roasting them with just like a tiny little bit of olive oil on top, not enough to give more than like 60 calories extra to the meal. Um, and I put it in the oven for like half an hour and it basically turns them into sweet potato fries. But with that 300 gram sweet potato, like three quarters of my plate is filled with the sweet potato and that will amount to like i don't know with with the olive oil that bit alone is probably like under 200 calories and then i add my protein sauce in there which will be like a chicken breast or a bit of fish which for like 100 grams will give me like maybe another 120 calories and you've got like a 350 calories let's say for the sake of argument um to round it up and it fills like a whole plate plus the vegetables, which ends up being like a tower on top. And you've got like this monstrous plate of food for like under 400 calories. It's um, understanding that, and that's, that literally is the secret in terms of fat loss. It's understanding you can eat more food, be really full and still lose weight. Whereas most people will have this fixation that it's a starvation process to lose weight. And in reality, it couldn't be any further from the truth. Yeah, 100%. That's the way that you stay adherent and staying adherent is what's going to get you the results at the end of the day. Um, and I think the last thing to sort of touch on quickly would be in regards to people understand that, okay, we're coming into, a, my goal is I want to lose body fat. Now, what, <clears throat> what we want to do is we want to make things as easy as possible. So how we do this is we lot look to start fat loss phase. We want you to lose weight, eating as much food as physically possible whilst also doing as little as possible in terms of cardiovascular work and general exercise. Why may you ask Charlie? Well, the reason for this is because what's going to happen as you go along on your, on your fat loss progress, you will start to plateau. Your body will start to adapt to what you're doing. And then it means that we have room that we can start to take away calories and carbohydrates if we need to. 
and we can also add in more cardiovascular work we can add in more workload to then keep progress moving along keep weight coming off where the reality is if you're in a situation where which a lot of people do out the gate they're like okay it's april shit i need to get in shape with like summer asap i'm going to do an hour's cardio every day i'm going to lift weights every day i'm going to eat a thousand calories every day they last four days have a meltdown and then they're back to square and binge and then they're back to square one and get into this vicious cycle or situation two they maybe go more middle ground don't quite overload it as much they get three four weeks in they then hit a wall they can't make any more progress and they don't know what to do they can't increase the cardio anymore they can't don't have the ability to take the calories down anymore and they're literally screwed and that's how we stop this happening to people by actually mapping things out in like our four phase system correctly to make sure that people are going through like a system and things are actually mapped out in terms of knowing when to do what and when people say to us like oh okay um when when will we be changing cardio calories whatever like the answer is i don't know we don't jeremy doesn't know none of us know and the same thing when people ask like how many calories do i need to be eating how much protein do i need for a pound of body weight no one the reality is no one knows because all these studies out there they're not done on you as the individual they're done on like mass groups of people and everyone is very specific and individual and that's where we will use our experience as coaches having worked with thousands of people and put thousands of people through this process that we know works being like okay uh, i've got client john here i had a client derek yesterday for example i'm really excited to work with signed up he's 500 he is now you know he's now 500 pounds he was 550 pounds this would oh literally change his life him signing up and i spoke to him yesterday and he was in tears um, his dad's got stage four cancer and he just said, look, look, I just want to get in shape to show my dad I can do it before, before he leaves this world. And I was like, dude, I'm in, like, I'll help you do whatever you want with this. Like, and this is a prime example of someone who will get world-class results because he's going to go through a process which we know works. It's been done over and over and over again. But what we're going to do is we'll start with his calories as high as possible. We'll start with his exercise as low as possible. This guy, like Derek only needs to go for a walk a couple of times a week and maybe do two workouts a week until he's weight like whilst we give him some guidelines and some more structure in terms of nutrition and it literally just needs to be as simple as that but this is all case by case depending on the individual person and that's the keys in terms of getting your results is understanding that things aren't necessarily a one-size-fits-all approach like the reality is everything works to some degree but it's like fitting the jigsaw of everything together which is then going to like create the picasso at the end that you want to try and achieve in the way you look and the way you feel Rather than what most people do is they try and like, like throw enough shit against the wall and hope something sticks. They'll do everything, try every diet, take every supplement, waste loads of time and money, just get frustrated and probably end up giving up and not getting what they want, which I think is what me and Jeremy see a lot of people uh, having a situation within the fitness industry. 100%. And then I think it's really sad because some people end up thinking that, oh, maybe I can just never get in shape because I've tried it. I did all the cardio, I did all the weight training, I was really good with my diet, I was eating all this healthy food, I was having really low portions, and yeah, okay, I did really well by myself for like a month or two, and then progress has stopped, and I've been the same ever since. So maybe my body, my genetics just don't allow me to get in shape. And the thing that we want everyone to realize is that literally anybody can get in shape. Like you just need the right blueprint, the right guidance and the right order of doing things. And as you said, Charlie, because we, we literally, as best as we can plan, we have no idea how 
anybody's body is going to react to the process. That's like a wait and see approach. So it makes the most sense to keep as many tools back and make things as simple and as low impact as possible at the beginning to gauge how the body responds. And then as things progress, you see, right, okay, you're doing extremely well as things are at the moment. So we don't need to throw anything else at your body because it's going to be counterproductive because all that's going to happen is yes, you might speed up the results, but then your body equally is going to adapt even quicker. And then we won't have that extra tool to throw at your body when it actually is needed. So as you said, like we want to do things the most efficiently possible doing the least so that we can have all of these tools at our disposal when your body does kick back, which it will, to be able to say, okay, let's do this and carry on the progress. 100%. I think the last point to touch on in regards to when understanding the difference between weight loss and fat loss and how energy balance and calories work is understanding that what we actually want to see is your muscle mass increasing, which could mean that if you haven't got a lot of body fat to lose or you're like quote-unquote skinny fat, your body weight might not change. But guess what? Your shape will change a lot. And I'd say some of the key things to look at in terms of, okay, if your body weight is fairly stagnant, but you feel like you're making progress, one thing I always suggest everyone does is they measure their waist um, around their belly button, and not the actual around the belly button, but like a circumference around their waist. Use your belly button as a reference point, because if your waist is going down, you are losing body fat. It is as simple as that. Regardless of what the fucking scale says, you will be losing body fat. And the next thing I would say in addition to that would be understanding that, that if your training is improving, you're getting stronger, you're getting fitter, and your weight is also staying the same, and your waist is, your measurement's going down, you're also going to be adding muscle mass because your strength's increased, your endurance has increased, everything's improving performance-wise, your waist measurement is coming down, something's being built here to like improve this performance, so therefore you must be gaining muscle mass. And then if you also then look obviously visually, you should start to see improvements coming from there. But one thing I would say from the visual point of view, which I see is very common, is looking at guys probably want to go from like maybe 16 to 13% body fat where a lot of people sit. You don't see a lot of visual change probably until you get maybe from 13 to 10. And then it's like, holy shit, bang. That's when you start to see like abs starting to come through, intercostals, obliques, like bicep veins, all this cool shit everyone wants. But if you're in that higher ground, you initially you probably won't see a lot of results. Yeah, absolutely which is one of the main reasons why, again, just tracking weight is like kind of pointless as an exercise um, if that's the only thing that you're focusing on. Because as you said, Charlie, like sometimes it won't change, but everything else will change. And I use the example because we, we get our clients to track so many metrics, right? When they check in with us, like how they feel, how they're doing in the gym, um, how their sleep's been, um, all these different progress markers because sometimes the reality of it is is that the weight might not change the waist might not change you might not see the visual progress and when those three things are pretty stagnant you think well we're pretty much standing still we're not really doing that much surely but if other stuff has improved like your performance in the gym your adherence has improved you're getting stronger your exercise execution is better all these different factors eventually these are all chipping away at what we're doing and eventually something's going to give there's a there's a brilliant meme um that i'll have to try and find and post in our facebook group later where you've got uh, two different levels on the meme and 
both of them is a guy who's chipping away underground trying to dig for diamonds and they both get to the exact same point and there's literally it's one chip and then you've got the mother load and you get one guy who's like no i just can't see anything happening so nothing must be happening and he gives up and he goes home and then the other one gives that one last chip and he hits the mother load and I think that's such a good analogy because you just need to, to trust the fact that if you are doing every single thing that you're meant to be doing, even when it seems unrewarding and nothing really seems to be happening, you need to trust that it is because it might just be another day or so and then something's going to click again and you're going to see progress skyrocket. 100%. And I also think there's a strong correlation between that and other things in life like Sometimes I have moments where I'm like, fuck it, like this enough is enough. And you, you feel like you don't want to keep going. But I often think about that thing. And a really good saying for anyone who's struggling with anything, I would say is thinking that, um, and it's something I think of a lot when things don't go the way you want, is that things don't happen to you, they happen for you because there's always a lesson in everything. And what I started doing actually is I've started an email chain where I email myself every day if I have any random thoughts about life so I can just scroll back through it in terms of like, lessons or random shit that I, I've, I've learned. So I literally will email my, I email myself my own reply thread is a bit weird. So I talk to myself on email. Um, I'm not actually clinically insane, but it's a good way to like, like keep a dialogue in terms of like your brain and your thought process. So I literally, I'll be like, if there's something like, okay, this podcast with Jeremy was dope or like, there's something I learned today that um, I need to not do this again. I don't know. For example, earlier in the year, this is really stupid. I booked, the same flights twice and I did it twice I forgot my booked <laughs> flight and I couldn't find the, the booking so I booked it again and um like learning stupid things like this like don't rush travel stuff or whatever it might be or like whatever it might be like things like this and having an internal dialogue with yourself is very important because the key for you in terms of a fat loss and overall progress in life is going to be coming down to self-awareness which is really going to help you like listening to this understanding okay this is where I'm at with my health and fitness. This is why I'm not achieving results. And the one thing I, I, I'm saying I want them to think about is something called confirmation bias. Because you think, because you've made your training program or you're doing your nutrition, you think you're fucking great. But if you haven't got results the last year, the last five years that you wanted, it's not fucking great. Because, and you're just lying to yourself that you think it's really good. Now, if you're in a situation where you actually want to get results and you want help, then reach out to me, reach out to Jeremy, drop me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever, and then we can discuss about how we can help you. But that's the reality. And like, I get the same thing with confirmation bias with other stuff. Like this podcast, you, you might be listening to this thing from this is shit, but I think it's great. And Jeremy thinks it's great because we've got confirmation bias because we're on here right now. Um, and <laughs> nobody might be listening to this, although I know people are. So if you are listening to this, please share it with a friend and share it with your stories. But um, that would be a, a final note that I'd add in with that. Is there anything else you'd add in in terms of calories and other probably run any more of a rant? No, uh, I just wanted to say that I love what you're doing with the email chain. I think it's something that's really, really cool. Um, and then the only thing, I guess, to, to summarize what we've been talking about is that we need to look at having a plan and specific foods that we want to include on that plan, not as restrictive, but as freedom. Freedom to have like a load of food throughout your day and not give in to something that you used to have and that you know tastes good and that you might want and the reality of it is, is a lot of this comes back to just pure human psychology and when we know that we shouldn't have something or that we can't have something you want it even more but i don't know about you but i'd rather have four 
really nice chicken, vegetable and rice meals in a day, four of those that I can split up however I want than just one medium burrito to feed me for the day. I, I would entirely agree. And I think also this is something I've noticed is going around tangents. Stuff like that burrito just generally take, make, makes you feel like crap because there's so much salt and other stuff into it. So become self-aware of these things and it'll help you make better choices. Um, so I hope everyone found this podcast episode very, very helpful. Make sure you leave us a five-star review, share it with a friend. And if you're listening to this one, watching this on YouTube, drop us a comment, subscribe and like. And we'll see you next episode very soon. And if you're a client of ours and you enjoy this, me and Jeremy, drop us a direct message if you enjoy this topic or any other topics you want to see. And we'll catch up with you all very soon.